All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 257, and this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS. This is awesome. If you want to make fun of the trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. And as always, you can write the show at PS. This is awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share this show with your friends. Make sure you leave comments and rate the podcast as you see fit. As a reminder, this is a video podcast as well. So you can watch the show if you prefer over at our YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe to that. And for new and or longtime listeners, we have now started a Patreon. You can support the show for $1 a month at the level called the one and only $1 Club. Go to patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. You can become a $1 patron and get a free die cut vinyl sticker mailed to you in the real mail. Like someone will put it in your mailbox. And uh, we'll also give you a shout out on the show. But before we move any further with the show, because this is the end of the year, I wanted to take a quick moment to thank you all, all of our new listeners, all of our old listeners for helping us grow PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. Without your support, I'm not sure we would have kept things going as steady as we have. So we've seen a lot of new listeners pop up, and we're excited to see what 2023 is going to bring. So with that being said, this is uh, the final episode of the year, or maybe the first episode of the new year because it comes out on Monday. But it's going to be a brief recap of PlayStation in 2022, including some of our favorite games that we played that were released, and then uh, maybe some games we're really excited for in 2023. So, Jake, with that out of the way, how are you doing? Pretty pretty good, actually. Um, it's closing in on the end of my uh, vacation. Yeah. My holiday vacation. I get... I take usually the week between Christmas and New Year's off because I needed some time to decompress and restart for the new year. But I uh, actually have been doing quite a bit of gaming and watching some TV and stuff, catching up. Yeah. Sarah and I just finished that show uh, Wednesday on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's real good. I was really, really happy with it. Um, if If you're like... If you, the way that I look at it is, if you are, even if you're not like a big Adams Family person, if you like, for example, the Harry Potter movies, mm-hmm. they're 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 tonally a lot like that, with some you know Tim Burton flair and maybe just a smidge more teenage angst, but it's not like so egregious that you can't like get through it, you know, power through it. So we just finished that and. Um, really, really enjoyed it. And then uh, we started watching on Netflix. There's that documentary, Ancient Apocalypse. I started that. I'm thing? two up. I'm two seasons in, or two episodes, two episodes in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so we just finished episode four. Um, it's pretty interesting. I will say, and Sarah and I were talking about this earlier today, was that the show would have a lot more credence if. The attitude of the guy narrating didn't just seem so butthurt about archaeologists. 
Like literally every single so thing that he says, everything that he says is prefaced by like, well, archaeologists don't want to do this. And they, they're very pretentious the, people. They don't like having your conspiracy. mind. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like he's been kind of harassed his whole life for being sort of a pseudoscientist and all this stuff. But like at the same time, the show would have, the show would have way more credence if it didn't have, in my opinion, if it, if he was just like, Here's these facts that I find pretty interesting. Yeah. As opposed to being like, um, I don't know. He's just very, he's very confrontational with yeah. the way that he presents the information. But other than that, I think that it's, it's pretty interesting. So like for those of you that don't know, it's like this, this series, it's a documentary on, um, <laughs> this guy believes that there was an ancient advanced civilization before what we believe was the first ancient advanced civilization they like like starting around the like the ice the last ice age which was like 12,000 years ago or whatever and um it's pretty interesting like none of none of his shit is like oh you know aliens gave us all this technology or it's at not like yet. anything really goofy like that at least as, as far as i'm aware but all of it just basically seem basically what he's just trying to put across is like there's a lot of commonalities across the world that lead that seem to point to there being a an ancient civilization of humanity before that kind of got wiped had out some sort of advanced happened. yeah that maybe got wiped out at the end of the last ice age or or whatever um it's a it's an interesting uh, thought experiment, at least. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, we're halfway through it. Just kind of every. I'm not like a big documentary person, but every now and again, I like to like to you know watch some something that I find interesting. Yeah. Um, in that regard. So, but other than that, I mean, everything's going okay. Been doing a little bit of work around the house. Went for a walk today because it was so, so nice, nice outside. Man. Took took the dogs for a walk. It's just uncharacteristic. Like I think last Friday. It was minus five degrees out. Yeah. This Friday, today, is when we're recording, it was 60 degrees out. 65 degrees so, swing. Yeah. So 65 degree swing in one week, which is fucking insanity. So whatever you have to say about the weather, it felt like spring, so we got out and <laughs> it's wreaking havoc on my sinuses. I'm going to be honest. It's fucking me up so bad. Yeah. This temperature swings up and down and shit. But uh, other than that, I was happy to see some of the sun and and be able to walk outside without a jacket on. It was kind of cool. Yeah, very good, very good. Yeah, I uh, I uh, finished Jack Ryan season three. That was fantastic. I watched the original Top Gun yesterday. Not the first time I've seen it before, but I watched the original because Top Gun Maverick was also streaming on Paramount, which is the second one. And I watched that today. We got we got out of work a little bit early. On account of the New Year holiday today, so I was able to watch Top Gun Maverick, um, which is Tom Cruise's character, obviously. But that was fine, and uh, I haven't really been watching anything else. I, you know, I put the news on from time to time to see what's going on in the world, and uh, I watch a lot of miniature painting videos on YouTube. Like Mini Miniac is really fun to watch, and uh, Nin John; those guys are like the Wayne's World of the miniature painting. Well, YouTube them. They're they're really funny. They're really professional. They make a lot of money. They're really good. 
but they're just a bunch of goobers and they're really funny to watch interact. So I watch those guys. Uh, there's a Swedish guy named Squidmar. I watch him, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I haven't watched many. Mo- we need to get back into Better Call Saul. We're three seasons through it, and uh, I also we're gonna watch Glass Onion this weekend for New Year's Eve. So I thought you were gonna watch it Wednesday. We did. We ended up not watching it Wednesday. Yeah, we we just you were all like, "Oh, we got to record the podcast early because we're gonna watch this fucking movie." Yeah, we were gonna, but we didn't. Yeah, we didn't do it. Um, so Chelsea's just too tired, so mm. we didn't watch it. So that has been has been shifted to uh, this uh, New Year's Eve. So that'll be fun. So so is Glass Onion like a a sequel to Knives Out, or what is the deal? There? I, I don't the, understand I think the anything only, about it. I think the only through line is Daniel Craig's character, which is the investigator. It's directed but by the same like, director, so it's like in the same universe. It's with canon. This, it's, it's kind of like a kind of like a James Bond kind of thing, where it's like the story is literally the only connecting feature is the main character. Yeah, I think it's like that. I, I haven't watched it yet. Okay. But that's my presumption of it. But yeah, I. Uh, hmm. Man, yeah, it's been good. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. That that aside, like I said, I haven't been doing anything. Um, just been keeping busy around the house. And uh, I want to do some cleaning this weekend, but we'll see how that goes. You know, it's always always planning to do things like that. And then they never come to fruition. So um, I just got my 3D printer back online. I was having some trouble with the Z-axis on it and uh, got it all squared out. So I'm happy with that. But... Yeah, man. Um, happy to be here today. Glad to be recording uh, whatever episode it is, 257, I believe. And um, 256, the last episode we just put out was uh, a banger of uh, God of War Ragnarok spoiler. Hopefully you guys had a chance to listen to that. If not, it's there. It's available to everybody. And uh, I think if we continue to grow our Patreon, that we probably will start releasing spoiler casts quite a bit early for the patrons and then release them after the fact on YouTube. But this one just seems so relevant with trying to build our listener base. You know, God of War Ragnarok just came out. We both played it. So it was kind of important to put out right away. So that being said, um, let's talk about some games we're playing right now. You said you've had some time to play some games lately. I finally, uh, I deleted Chorus on the PlayStation 5 and I downloaded Stray and I'm into it. I'm um, I'm quite a ways into it. I think I um uh, I enjoy it. Um, the beginning's really kind of sad. Uh, the gameplay's fine. I, it's not so open worldy that I'm getting annoyed. The little puzzles are fine. The interactions with different robots is cool. the The setting is amazing, and the lighting is so good in that game. And uh, I really appreciate that. But um, I am kind of interested. I just got the part, uh, minor spoiler, where you get the the UV light or whatever that can melt the the bad guys. Or wait, which game? I'm sorry. Stray. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Jake had a moment. He's trying to update the notes. I think right now. Sorry. Yeah, I, I'm just. I'm looking. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get a, a gauge of. So. I didn't mean to not to derail the conversation. Anyway, continue. Mm. I'll, I'll come in later. <laughs> not, not a big deal. So, been playing that. Been playing The Witcher Three. I put two uh, videos up real quick on the YouTube Witcher Three videos of the PS Five upgrade. Just me kind of 
hacking around. I tried to edit out some of the some of the in between moments, like just to give you an idea what the what the side quests are like in that game. Like it just kind of edited. I've been playing with Share Factory, so I've got two up there on the YouTube channel. If you want to watch those, they're there. Um, they're not like wild. I'm not like talking over it or anything. It's just gameplay video, but it's pretty cool. But yeah, I don't know, Jake. You said you've been playing some games. I, I'd like to hear about what games you've been playing. So I, right before the last episode, I beat God of War Ragnarok, or I was about to beat it as we recorded it last week. Um, so since then, I have played and beat High on Life, and I have, and I'm probably three or four hours into the Callista Protocol. Ooh. So I'm, you bought I'm it, huh? moving along. Yeah, I did buy it. I'm moving along, and I will say um, that for people who are interested in – people who – if you don't like – so let me – I'm just going to talk about High Line first. If you don't like Rick and Morty – you won't like this game. The humor is like right up that. It's the same guy that did Rick and Morty did this. So if you don't like that humor, you're not going to like this game. But that said, the game was really fun. I really enjoyed it. It had it had um, it had some really serious like uh like A tier PS3 kind of vibes. Where it was like one of those games back in the day that you would play, almost like a Space Marine or something like that, where it was just like a fucking solid game that was fun, that was just a video game. It didn't take itself super seriously. It wasn't like, you know, really crazy with the realism or the immersion or anything like that. It was just a fucking video game. And it... um. It was just really good. I, I liked the whole concept. It was really interesting. The whole thing is just kind of bizarre. All like you have these guns that talk and they all have different personalities and <laughs> it's it's really, really interesting. Yeah. Um the whole concept is basically like some aliens land on Earth and they start harvesting humans to smoke them as drugs. And so you end up escaping with one of these guns that can talk and you two hatch a plan to take down this cartel and um, save earth essentially. And all these humans from being, from being (laughs) basically smoked by aliens. It's so funny. And uh, it's, it's such an absurd concept and it's just really, it is really wild, but the game is super fun. Uh, The Callista protocol, on the other hand, I've been really enjoying it also and my brother was texting me about it a little bit earlier today, was asking me if I liked it or whatever. And basically what I told him was that I really like it so far. It's The graphics are awesome. The atmosphere is awesome. It's gory as hell. It's, it's like, it's really, really hammering home the horror aspect of it. The story is kind of like whatever. It, honestly, to me, the story doesn't even matter. It's just like... I'm in this fucking prison and I'm trying to get out and there's all this insane shit going on that's really terrifying. Yeah. And that, like, to me, that's all you really need to know about it. It does, like, it is markedly um, dead space in terms of its 
uh, like it is not. It's I, I would say that it's not a. It's not a far fetch to say that it is a spiritual successor to Dead Space. Okay. I mean, it's got the same the same guy made it, Glenn Schofield. Um, the one so the one negative that I will say, and I I, I don't even know if I want to consider it a negative because I, I hate people who think that any control scheme that is off of the norm is inherently bad. <laughs> but it has this dodge mechanic that is kind of strange. Where instead of, you know, like in most games, like we complained a little bit about this when we were talking about God of War, how most games it's like, okay, if you want to dodge left or right, it's like you press left and circle and you'll dodge in that direction. Right. That's generally, it's, it's like usually a direction in the crouch button will make you dodge. And God of War was a little bit irritating because it was a direction and you had to double tap X, which was a little bit irritating because it was like an extra button press. Yeah. Um, the thing about uh, Callista Protocol is it's just you hold the left stick in a particular direction, and it only triggers when an enemy tries to attack you. So you can't just dodge on a whim. It's almost like a pseudo parry, whereas like when an enemy attacks you, you have to press the, the stick in a certain direction yeah. to dodge, and, if, and you hold it back when an enemy attacks to attempt to block the attack. So it's this really kind of weird... It's a little bit difficult to get used to, and the combat is really challenging at first because you got to, like, run this through your brain. But eventually it gets to a point where it's not... It, it's manageable. The only place it gets a little bit difficult is when you have multiple enemies attacking you at the same time. Because at that point, you want to just be able to willy-nilly, like, spam dodge or do whatever you want to get out of the way. But the the hiccup, if it was just that I could just hold strafe to the right, let's say, in one direction, and he would just (coughs) automatically dodge every time an enemy was attacking me, that would be one thing. It would be a little cheesy, but that would be one thing. The problem is is that if 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 a single enemy comes at you with, like, like, swings at you twice in a row... You have to dodge in different directions, otherwise he'll connect. Oh, yeah. So you can't dodge the same way twice. You have to dodge one way than the other way, otherwise he'll hit you with it. So it it pre- it presents like a little bit of a a little bit of a hang up in combat when there's multiple enemies because you don't know like okay this guy attacked me more than once and that guy's attacking. Keep track, right? it, it's it's weird. Like usually you just kind of like swing it back and forth or whatever. But to be clear, I haven't encountered too many situations where I have like two guys swinging at me at the same time. Generally, if there's multiple enemies, they'll like kind of take their turn a little bit. But in my opinion, this could have all just been mitigated if they had just made it just a regular dodge command, whether it's you know, a direction in X or a direction in circle or, or, or whatever to allow me to have agency over when it happens and not force me into this like Perry esque thing where I have to hold the, hold it, just hold the stick down whenever an enemy is actively attacking me. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's awesome. It's, it's like I said, it's very dead space in kind of its theme and stuff. There's a lot of, you know, these, biological enemies that are like are altered humans and shit that are attacking you that are all fucked up and 
and you have the ability to like dismember them. Not like not so actively as you do in Dead Space, where you're like aiming for their body parts and stuff. But in the game, you can do these melee attacks, and then whenever you stagger an enemy, it'll bring up like a lock on for an enemy body part, and you could pull out your gun and shoot it. So you can like basically hit them and then when they stagger it might lock on their arm and if you pull out the gun and shoot it it'll blow their arm off and now they only have one arm to attack you with or if you hit them in the head or whatever um it doesn't doesn't really do a whole lot if they're if they don't die because they can act they can still attack you without a head but there are certain enemies that will like spit acid at you and if you blow their head off they can't spit acid at you but they can still melee attack you so there's like some interesting stuff like that that's that's pretty cool um the only other thing that i would say about it that's a little bit kind of cheesy is that like you have the ability when you kill a bad guy to stomp on them and like and it'll expose if they have any resources on them or whatever right so you step on them and it like squashes them and there might be like some money in there some health or whatever well it seems to me that like literally every single enemy that you step on has an item of some kind. (laughs) And so like, which is fine, but to me, it's kind of like, why make me do the stompy thing then? Like I get that it's atmospheric and stuff, but just like when I kill them, have them drop the fucking item. It's just not as efficient, right? Yeah. Don't make me go around and stomp every single fucking enemy. Um, but it is very survival horror. Like you're, you have limited inventory spots. You're constantly juggling. Do I want to hold ammo? Do I want to hold health kits? Or there's like these pieces that you can pick up that are solely for selling for money. And it's like, well, I'm holding this, but it's taking up a, a slot if I want to have ammo or something like that. But if I, if I can make it to the next, um, we'll just say merchant, which is like this little like vending machine thing you can use. Mm-hmm. Like I could sell that and get credits to upgrade my gear or whatever. So like it's this, it's it's very survival horror in that way. Um, I'm re- anyway, I'm really liking it so far, and I love how how linear it is because like I know that was a big complaint for a lot of reviewers, but the fact that I can when sometimes you'll get to a point and there'll be like two branching paths. You can actively be like, okay, I'm just gonna just go down one path and I don't have to worry about it because I know the game is linear. So it'll only go so far and then I got to come back and I can go down the other way. And it's usually like, Oh, if it's the branching path that you're not supposed to take, there's like resources down there or something or like an audio log that like fleshes out the story or whatever. So like the limited branching paths that they offer are typically just like little side jaunts to get like some extra resources or some exposition, not like these like vast sprawling like open areas that suck tons of your time away or whatever. Right. But I can understand why this game is a little bit shorter. I mean, the production value in this game is fucking through the roof. Yeah. It's graphically, it's amazing. It's one of the best graphics I've probably ever seen in a video game. Um, the atmosphere is great. It is. It's so weird going from high on life, which is like a shooter, to that because it controls very slow and very like methodical because it's kind of scary. They want you to be walking and plodding, and and high on life was very like run around and you're like jumping and shooting things and all sorts of weird shits happening. So um, 
anyway, I guess that's enough about the Callisto Protocol. But I I did want to say that I was playing it because it is a new game, and I am really enjoying it. I don't know if I'll get completely through it before the end of break. I'm going to try to, uh, and then um, and do a takeaway on maybe. Maybe we'll That's have to see. I don't know if I have the time. I don't know if I have the time for that, but yeah. uh, I could definitely at least talk about it for sure. Yeah, very good, man. Well, good. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I haven't been playing really anything but what I already talked about. So I'm glad you're getting some new games in. Um, I'm excited to get through Stray. I, I'm going to see it through the end. But uh, yeah, yeah, very good. Well, Stray, you have to be in the right mood for Stray. Like it's a, it's a. You, it's like a laid back kind it's of. It's kind of exploratory, running around. But yeah, it's not. you're just like solving, solving kind of minor puzzles. And the only parts that are like even semi stressful are the ones where you have to like run away from those little scarab yeah. things. And um, I was lost for a long time at the first part. I couldn't figure out, and I ended up doing all the stuff I didn't need to do. Like I, this is a spoiler, but it doesn't mean anything. I. I went and I got some soda cans and traded them for other things that I didn't even know why I was doing it because I couldn't find out how to get to the building with the orange sign. I couldn't figure out what ruse to jump on to get up in there. And so I just started walking around that first little area and meeting all the people. And by the time I figured it out, it was like, oh, I've got all the I've got all the things I need already. So it, it progressed that first part really nice. Yeah, yeah, and plus, if you do, if you get a lot of that stuff, and you that that merchant that I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. this is the one I'm thinking about. It's like that first little open area yeah. where it's like all the buildings and the robots and stuff. And if you get, if you were, are able to get all the stuff so that you can buy everything from him, mm-hmm. then you can do all the little side yeah. kind like of the poncho and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, get, get like getting all the songs for that guy with the guitar mm. and and all of that kind of stuff. That yeah, was all finding. So cool. not necessary though. No, you don't have to do it to play the game for sure yeah. to beat the game. I guess. Yeah, very good. All right. Well, as we always do, I want to get into some listener feedback, and uh, I'm really enjoying this segment of the show. I'm really enjoying the interactivity we're getting from uh, the listeners. So we're going to keep this rolling. So if you have anything you want to write in like these folks did on our YouTube channel, just go ahead and comment on the episode uh, comment section on YouTube. And uh, Jeff Oakman wrote in, who is uh, my long-lost cousin, and uh, he says uh, on game length, he supports the longer game experiences. He, I think he's a little behind on some of the episodes, but he said uh, on game length, I support longer game experiences provided they're fun throughout I agree there's filler now as games are measured in hours and fluff has infected a lot of decent experiences. If I could have long games that develops a fun story equitably across the experience, I'd probably choose that over anything else. But not many developers are capable of doing this consistently. And he said, on Gran Turismo, Fred, if I had a working PS3 or if Sony could figure out how to run PS3 titles on PS5, I'd give you $100 for that free. He says Taco Bell, but it was Subway. Um, Gran Turismo 5 copy you have in shrink wrap somewhere. He said that was his second favorite Gran Turismo game, with four being his favorite. He's put hundreds of hours into Gran Turismo games, and he'd love to have that experience again. He said Gran Turismo 7 is just too different in too many ways um, and not a proper single-player campaign like they advertise. Maybe played by Ken could convince me, but yeah. So very good, man. I'm surprised so many listeners play Gran Turismo 7 or Gran Turismo series. Like It's a series I never got into. Thanks for the comment, Jeff. Um, yeah, so interesting. I don't know where it's at, but I've got it somewhere. 
So I would hmm. never take a hundred bucks from me. I'd just mail it to you. I have no need for that game. So if I find it, it's yours. <laughs> and uh, hmm. the next, uh, the next one is from a new listener on YouTube. And another Gran Turismo comment, and they didn't say a whole lot, but they say the Gran Turismo video game series franchise sold over ninety million in sales, ninety millions in sales. So I don't know if that means ninety million dollars, ninety million units, but uh, I'm assuming they mean uh, units. That's what I'm guessing. Um, so very cool, and uh, so thanks for writing in with that tidbit, J One. And uh, last, Big Box had something to say about the multiplayer stuff, Jake. Big Box is a newer writer. I like this. I like the mis- the mystery behind Big Box here. Just writing in and yeah. giving us some feedback. He said, Jake asked last week if we could re- recommend any multiplayer games for him. The answer is no. I'm not confident there are any multiplayer games out, out at the moment he would actually enjoy. Here's what I wonder, though. Jake does a podcast, which is essentially a two-co-op game. Maybe it has some light PvP elements, and he has to ban people in the chat or maybe push back on some hot takes from Fred. My theory is the multiplayer is evolving out of its immature phase. Small levels, arena-based PvP, into something that has a better chance of capturing Jake's attention. Massive worlds where players aren't on top of each other and developers can set more complex objectives other than kill opponents in 10 minutes, as well as a wider variety of objectives. Think Valheim, Rust, Daisy, Ark, but built with a modern-day technology by AAA studios who have studied the weaknesses of those games. Does that potentially resonate with you guys? I feel like the industry is about to be flooded with these types of metaverse games over the next few years, and I think they're going to grab more types of players. Am I nuts? Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, and keep up the great work in 2023. Thanks for writing in, Big Box. I love hearing from you. Um... I think he touches on a lot of interesting things. Um, I, well, I would say, I mean, unless unless I'm misunderstanding his what he's going with with his examples, but I mean, the perfect example to me is Destiny, and I yeah. actively really like that game. Yeah, it's like one of the few multiplayer games that I'll play, and I play it by myself. Same thing with like Destiny, or uh, not Destiny. I just said that uh, Division, for example. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the Division. I just played it by myself, and I can. I can generally tune out the other people in the game because um, it's not it's not like GTA Online where they can just fucking dis- like ruin your day. You spawn into a like, map and you get shot with a, like a grenade launcher over yeah, and over and yeah, they yeah. chase you and all kinds of shit. They, they do so, have – I will say this real quick and I'll let you go on. They do have a mode now where you can remo- you can make yourself invincible to other players in, in the free mode in GTA Online, which is awesome. Yeah, but I'm sure they can still like follow you around and like drive their car into you and like do all kinds of shit that like would just annoy you, even though if, if even yeah. if it can't I think, kill you. I think you. you're kind of like transparent to them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, interesting. Like, um, but, but you still exist in the world. But anyway, so go ahead. I, I would, my hope is that the evolution of this is going to be whatever factions ends up being. So that it's going to be some kind of. You know, this open world uh, multiplayer game in a single player environment kind of thing, if that makes any sense. Where it's like, you know, you have a story, you have real objectives in missions, you can play it by yourself if you want to, or you can play it with friends if mm-hmm. you want to. Um, 
I, I, that's, I, I tend to agree with Big Box on this in that, like, these types of games, I think, are going to be the, the, the evolution of multiplayer. <laughs> there, there's definitely still going to be. Can I just say, Big Box sounds like a Metal Gear Solid boss. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because it sounds so similar to Big Boss, but I, I understand so what you're, uh, what you're saying there, big big box. Yeah, I, my immediate thought was like uh, <laughs> Home Depot, <laughs> but um, like a big box store. Yeah, right. Um, but anyway, I I mean, there's there's always going to be shit like Counter Strike and and Call of Duty and stuff like that. But I do think that you're right, and that there's going to be a lot of new stuff building off of the the um, the shared world shooter kind of thing that. Bungie invented with Destiny. I, I don't want to say they invented it, but they pretty damn well, they damn well near perfected it. So, you know, the division was built off of that, which we've already talked about that we both really loved. And, and a lot of other games are trying to, you know, you're talking about Anthem and uh, like Avengers, for example. Both of those games weren't necessarily successes, but you're talking about these things are becoming more and more of a. Uh, a benchmark for new studios to kind of see, seek with because all these companies, games are getting so expensive to develop now. They all want an aspect of this in their game so that they can gain more money out of their product without having to charge you one hundred and fifty dollars for a game. <coughs> so uh, it's it's yeah. interesting. I I am still a little bit wary. Like I still. To me, it's 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 still gonna be. I'm still gonna be a little bit more inclined to play the games where there's gonna be no, there's gonna be no microtransactions. They're not gonna be shoving fucking credits in my face. There's not gonna be any like. I'm not gonna be like having this this like really intense, immersive, exploratory moment in the next Elder Scrolls game and some fucking rando in my map is just like teabagging a dead dragon corpse or something like that. Like I just, those are the types of things that I want to avoid. But I think that eventually this, like you said, the immature phase is passing and a lot of this I think is going to come out in the wash and we're going to see some pretty cool stuff. Does it mean I'm going to be a multiplayer gamer in the future? Probably by necessity more than anything, if that makes any sense. I think you're going to find – yeah, I think you're going to find some situations where it's just synergistic. Like like I'm going to have factions. You're going to have factions. Some of our listeners are going to have factions. And we're just going to find like, oh, shit, they're playing the same time that I am and we're just going to be able to link up easily and not have to plan it. It's just going to feel natural and it's just going to be like, oh, there's my buddy. Let's, uh, let's do this thing together. And like – I think, like, I remember back in the day when I was uh, in junior high, it must have been, like, seventh grade, eighth grade, dating myself. But we had TCPIP modem Duke Nukem matches, and uh, I'd dial up my Heck friend yeah. over the phone line, and, like, it was like, man, no one, I just hope that nobody calls the house in the next 40 minutes so I can I can go one-on-one first my friend, and... uh Man, that required so much effort, you know. No one could no one could use the landline. You'd have to be signed into the internet, and then you'd have to have some of those internet connections would time out if, no matter what. You had to figure out how to dial out, put in the IP addresses and shit of the people you're trying to connect with, and the phone number. You actually have to type in their phone number in the video game, and it would like call them. Some of the better ones, otherwise, you have to figure out how to connect like on a back door or something. But it was 
so like, man, games have just come so far. And uh, they've made it so accessible and so easy to just sit down and game with other people. It's actually fascinating. Um, but yeah, there, there, there are definitely some pros and cons to it. But I, I'm definitely more open to playing online with people than you are, Jake. And I, and I think that um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I view my video game time the same way as you do. I think if the game grabs me and I like the idea of the game, I will. I will play that game and uh, inject myself into that online world just so I can enjoy the game. I think you're the other way. I think you're 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 like, man, my time means more to me. I'm not going to play this game if it requires me to game with other people. Like, I will. I'll, I'll jump in and try some shit if I think the game's going to be fun enough or cool enough for me. But I'll find ways to mitigate the chat situation and just kind of like, you know, you don't have to fucking talk to these people. But if people are playing on PS5, there's a speaker and everything built right into that controller. So, but if you just push that little mini button down and hold it, um, I think maybe if you just tap it, it mutes your microphone so no one can hear you and you don't have to interact with them. And a lot of the chat lobbies nowadays, you can just mute everybody. But some of those games like Warzone, it's it's kind of important to be able to hear your teammates if you want to do well. But I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. There there are strategy games like that. See, I, I think I would be okay. I'm I'm not. The scheduling thing is still a problem for me, but I, I'm more open to playing multiplayer games online that require an amount of uh, cooperative effort. So, like, like you and I have played Destiny together some, where we're doing missions and we're talking about, you know, we may we may BS a little bit, but a lot of it is us just kind of talking about what we're doing in the game and all of that, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I think what I struggle with is that a lot of people use multiplayer gaming as social time. So, like, they'll play a game with their right. friends and they're just, like, shooting the shit with their friends while they're playing. I can't split my attention that way. If I'm going to do that, I would rather, like sit across the table from one of my friends and and have a conversation and you know have over drinks or, or, or just or whatever you know what i mean or dinner and or, and not be like having the game distracting me from the conversation or vice versa so it's sure. it's pretty weird i mean we don't have this is like a fucking three-week saga about my multiplayer shit we don't have to talk about this anymore i love it it's i a, love it. it i do hope that in the future Science there is uh, – I do hope that in the future that there is a, there is some kind of a game that that gets me in the same way. The closest thing I – like I you – know, the, the, obviously recently Destiny, but before that, The Last of Us was the last game that even got even close to having me be sort of attached mm. in a multiplayer competitive sense. So um, if any game can do it, it might be factions. We'll see. Yeah. Well, very good. Sorry, my dog's down here with me, Charlie. You can probably hear him in the background. I can't control him, so whatever you hear is just how it's going to be. Um, all right, well, we've got a lot to talk about um, as far as 2022 and 2023, but I did want to touch on one quick news point before we get into that main topic of the show. And the news point is interesting, and it was the only one I could find. A lot of news sites are wrapping up their year, so you know it was hard to kind of comb the net and to find news points worth talking about. So I just have this one and uh, I can't pronounce the dude's name. So if I butcher it, just please excuse me. It's, it's Fumito Uida, uh, the mastermind behind Ico and Shadow of the Colossus. 
Um, during the really lengthy development of Last Guardian, though, he started freelancing. But anyhow, he's going to be revealing a new game in 2023. Um, he indicated that the team he's on um, and is spearheading, they're working really hard to be able to finally announce something. So they say, please give us your support. So that's actually kind so of exciting. That means, that means we'll see it in probably 2040 is when it'll come out. <laughs> is my guess. Se- seeing as how The Last Guardian took literally like 13 years to come out. So, yeah. We'll see. Did you ever play The Last we'll Guardian? No, I didn't have any interest, to be honest with you. That's, I know a lot of people say that it's good, but I just I, – dude, I, in the PS3 area, I, in the PS3 era, I was all in on these types of games. But it just got to a point where I wasn't – like I don't have as much time to play games anymore. So I don't want to – a lot of times I don't want to put my time into stuff like this. I would rather put my time into something a little bit more active and a little bit more exciting because I feel like I'm getting more bang for my buck. But I know that um, a lot of people – I know it's a pretty divisive title, but I, I know a lot of people really did like it. And I think you were one of them, right? Well, I, I had some major issues with the controls, but not major enough to make me put the game down or – stop playing it and by the time I was done with it I was like that was fucking master class storytelling it was so good um, it was if, if you if you are a dog lover you have to play this game like not that the not that not that the 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 animal in the last guardian is a dog but there he has some mannerisms like he'll roll over on his back but he's enormous right and just like kick his legs when you're scratching him and stuff it's really really adorable but he's also uh, – man, it's just such a good fucking game. If you haven't played The Last Guardian, I, I recommend it. Um, and Jake, I think you would get something out of this game. If, if you could just temper your uh, frustration a little bit with the controls, I, th- I think it has a lot to offer. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I'm getting a lot of lag in our Discord chat right now just so you know. Um, I don't know what it is, but we're just going to keep pushing on. So I want to talk about games, the 2022 games that I'm going to say are PS This Is Awesome approved. I think that's a good way to put it. And they're not going to be in any particular order, but I just want to kind of talk about a couple of these games. And we can have quick little side side conversations about of them if you want. Um, why I have them on the list, why you like it, maybe whatever. But these are the, these are all games that were released in 2022. And this is the main thickness of the show. So instead of doing like a game of the year, I think uh, maybe just saying, hey, um, let's take a look back. Let's do a little retrospective of 2022. And uh, here are some games that really fucking were good. Um, and to be thankful for that, right? And then we're going to take a look into the future and see what, what what's coming down the pike. So um, the first game I have on here in no particular order, uh, I'm playing it now with Stray. Jake, I know you like Stray, right? I loved Stray. Yep, it's great game. Really good. Um, the graphics, the setting, the environment, the vibe, everything about it so far is uh, really on a different level. Like it's uh, it's it's such a it's such a uh, non conventional title, but somehow still feels very conventional. Does that make sense? 
Uh, I mean, conventional in that it's kind of a walking simulator style game. I mean, I guess it kind of fits that category, but it's unconventional in its delivery. I guess you could say. Yeah, and the cat animations are just fantastic. So good. The yeah. game is the game yeah, is it's, awesome. It's I, you have I know you haven't it's I know still, you haven't beat it yet, but it's just like yeah. the way the cat controls is so fluid. Like it doesn't seem out of place at all. Um, no, it's I I like a lot of the the anim like you said the animations are really good when you're when you're doing all of the little things. Um, like when you have to, when you pick up, when he picks up the robot with his mouth and carries it around and like all the little, like scratching on the little things and all that stuff, like in the way that he interacts with all of the NPC characters and stuff, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's not really that challenging. It's kind of a, a, a little bit of an emotional experience. I don't know. It's, it's, it's enjoyable. The, the color palette in the, the, um, the aesthetics of the game are very, very neat, very interesting. I love that it's stylized in a specific way. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, very good. The next one on the list is God of War Ragnarok. There's nothing to be said about this one. This is just the 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 freaking, I don't know. This is what everyone wanted this year, and we got it, and it was good. So listen to a spoiler cast if you want to hear our opinion about that game. It was it was very, very good. Um, next one I have on the list, Call of Duty Warzone 2.0. Uh, this game took me by surprise, got me back into Call of Duty a little bit. I really enjoyed my time with this. And I don't know if it was that I was playing with friends and I felt a little more connected with people or if the game's just that good. I mean, based on everything I've read, it's really is just it actually called? Is it actually called Warzone 2.0 or is it like yeah. something just people are calling it? No, that's what the title is, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Jake, you don't have anything to say about that one because um, you haven't played it, I don't think. And then the next one that surprisingly came out in 2022. Let me just – before I say this game, I'm really annoyed that the Discord is, is laggy because usually I can pace our conversation by watching your movements and the way you're reacting. And there's a huge delay between that and the audio, so it's throwing me the fuck off right now, and it's confusing. I don't know what it is. Anyways, uh, A Plague Tale Requiem, just a master class in storytelling. My God, this game was so much better than I had any business being. Um, it shouldn't have been this good. It shouldn't have... Uh, God, what a great game. So good. And, and unfortunately, it came out in the year that Ragnarok and, and, and played in, uh, sorry, Ragnarok and uh, Horizon came out. And all these big blockbuster games, you know, uh, the PS5 version of Cyberpunk came out. Plague Tale Requiem, don't sleep on that fucking game. It's so good. Jake, you said you have it on Games Pass. You need to play this game. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, I. I... I considered playing it instead of when I was looking at playing High on Life, and I mm. opted for High on Life because I know that Requiem is a long game. I've heard that it's the story game. of that game is pretty fucking long, and I just – as much as I've heard it's a great game and that it's one of the uh. best games made in a long time, I just – when I heard it's like, oh, it's a 30-hour story, I was just like, oh, 
I just don't know if I have the fucking energy for that right now. I want to get through a couple of games quickly. I don't want to jump from fucking 50-hour experience to 50-hour experience to 50-hour experience. That's how I only play five games in a year. I want to play like a few bangers real quick and then maybe I'll jump back Mm. into something that's a little bit longer, you know? Yeah. It's amazing. I you can't not play it though. You have to play it at some point. That's all I'm saying. You have to, you have to you got to do it and the listeners need to do it also. I mean, it's just if you if you haven't I, I mean, it is kind of important to play the first Plague Tale game um or just watch a recap online or something and then just jump right into Plague Tale Requiem cuz Requiem is much better than a Plague Tale Innocence. Anyways, uh Resident Evil Village and the downloadable content, I believe that all came out this year, did it not? Or did Resident Evil Village come out in 21? I think Resident Evil Village came out last year. Okay, well then I'm going to say the DLC, uh, Ro- the Stories of Rose or whatever it's called, um, was awesome. It was good. So I'm glad that happened. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West, it's a game we both played. Now these are, these, this is, this list is based on games that we played that came out this year. Um, Horizon Forbidden West, Jake, what do you got to say about that game? Uh, it's really good. I, I really enjoyed it a lot. I, I don't know that I liked it more than the first Horizon, because I think the first Horizon was, there was something special about it. It was fresh and, you know, there was, there was, I, I don't really even know what to say about it. It was your first introduction to all these characters in this world and and everything. And the, the second game, they kind of had to ramp it up a little bit. The story gets out of control in the second game, which I'll say in a good way. <laughs> some people some people were a little bit kind of uh, – I, I don't want to say like dismissive of the story, but it, it is kind of bizarre. It goes in kind of a different direction. Then you would think that it's going based on sort of the the way that the game, the first game into the second game, kind of makes you feel about the universe. Like you didn't think they'd pull something like yeah. this in the story. So, but all said, it, it plays well. It's beautiful. The world is rich and immense. There's a lot to do. The the new dinosaurs, the robots and stuff are really cool. I like especially the my favorite of the new ones is the the one that's a turtle. I think it's like the shellback or, or something like that. I don't, I don't remember what it's yeah, called. Shellback um, is what it is. I hated the lashes uh, or whatever those things were. Oh yeah, the the, the leaping lashes or whatever were fucking annoying. Um, but yeah, the game is is awesome. I I really 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 enjoyed it. Yeah, very good. And then uh, The Quarry came out this year. And, uh, man, I really liked The Quarry. The Quarry was really good. Um, I think it came out this year. Did it not? I'm not getting my – you had a look on your face. Yes. I want to say. That was the horror game I played this year. Yeah, yeah. It had to have come out this year. It, it was good. Um, man, I uh, – you know, I'm, I'm probably – I have a hot take about supermassive games, you know, just in general. I, 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 I am kind of smitten with the games they're putting out, and I don't know why, um, because I, I don't think that a lot of people would agree with me that these games are good. Um, maybe people would say they're mediocre at best, but I think there's a lot to these, and, and I think the game community would be a worse place if these games didn't exist. 
That's all I have to say. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the quarry. I'm glad that this thing here. I would rather live in a, in a, in a universe where supermassive games exist rather than live in a universe where they don't exist. And that means that there's quality and there's something to the existence of this company that, that adds quality to my life. Um, so at least to my entertainment life. Uh, so the next thing, The Witcher 3 Complete Edition on PS5 came out. Fan-fucking-tastic. If you've never played The Witcher, um, just get the Complete Edition, which is all the DLC and everything, and get ready to uh, lose about 150 hours of your life um, if you want to do all the side missions. But my god, it is a masterpiece. I went on Push Square, and people were talking about... People were talking about like uh, they they had a poll and it was like you know what what would you rate The Witcher three on PS five or the upgraded Witcher three and like man a wild percentage of the people were like ten out of ten like it's it's so good it's so good if you haven't played it you need to play this game just. Even you, Jake, should power it up just to experience the 60 frames per second because it just feels so good. The combat does suck until you get used to it again. I'll give it that. It is fucking terrible. But I got into it, and I'm, I'm into it now. And I just I just flipped it down to easy. I'm not fucking deal. I was going to do Death March, and I'm like, fuck that. No, I'm going to easy. Dick around, play the main storyline. I just don't know that it's worth, for me, I, I just don't know that it's worth all of the hassle of downloading everything. I mean, it's there's so much yeah. that you have to get downloaded and installed and all this stuff. Plus, I have like the physical version of the game, so I got to put the fucking disc in my console and all this yeah, shit. That's it's what like, I had to do. it sucked. And I don't even know if I have my disc anymore. My brother might still have it. So it's <laughs> it's just I if if I do decide to play the game again, without a doubt, it'll be this version of it because I do want to experience it. But I don't know that I'm going to go through all the effort of getting it all – having it take up like 100 gigs on my hard drive just so I can like dick around in the world for a couple hours and be like, oh, yeah, it's cool and then go play something else. So I, yeah. I, I believe I you and everybody else when they say that it's awesome because the Cyberpunk PS5 version was awesome. But uh, I just Which don't know. the next the game inter- on the list. Yeah. So segue. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried my best to make that a sweet segue. Uh, to keep, we got a lot of games to talk about. Um, yeah, so Cyberpunk PS5 edition, fucking fantastic. Love it. I think it's uh, it's fantastic. That's all I have to say about it. So, um, yeah, another game you must play if uh, if if you haven't played it at all. And then if you had the earlier version of the PS4 version, what are you doing? Just get the PS5 version. Get the PS5 and play it right. Um, Jake, you have a couple on here. Why don't you talk about a couple of these ones you put on here? These, these so, are 2022 the, games that we approve based on games that we played. So we would recommend all these games to our listeners. So, um, like this, this list is kind of is kind of it's kind of difficult to do it this way because there are games that like I've played that you haven't and stuff like um, Shredder's Revenge, yeah. which is we'll talk about here in a second. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, this might be a little bit of a fragmented conversation, but we're just at this point generally we're just talking about 2022 games, whether we've played them and liked them, or we wish we would have played them, or we want to get to them, or whatever. So I just want to kind of throw that out there. Um, 
So a few of the games I added to this list that Fred had on here for games that that we approve collectively that came out this year. I have Elden Ring on here. If you've never played a Soulsborne game, a from a from software game in that vein, whether it be Demon Souls, uh, any of the Dark Souls games, Bloodborne, or Elden Ring, um, Elden Ring I would say would probably a good jumping on point. I I don't want to sit here and say that it's easy compared to the other ones, but if you use a guide and stuff, there is a lot more opportunity for you because it's open world. There's a lot more opportunity for you to go around and sort of farm the world to make the game a little bit easier for yourself. It's still difficult. You still have to learn the enemies. You still have to not get fucking killed, but you can use the open world to your advantage and you can avoid certain enemies if you don't want to fight them. It's not like the old games that were linear and if you go this way, you have to fight this boss kind of thing. There are instances like that, like if you're doing a dungeon or something like that, yeah, if you get to the end, you got to fight the fucking boss. But generally around the open world, if you there, if there's like a big baddie, you don't have to fight them. Um like, for example, one of the first enemies you come across in the game is the Tree Sentinel, which is, like, impossible to beat right? for the first, right. you know, 20-some hours of the game. So you, you just – you go around them and you do your thing and then maybe later you come back and you kill them. Um, so I would say that if you're interested in what this whole Soulsborne genre is about from software games in general – Check out Elden Ring. I think that it's a good uh, it's a good jumping on point for anyone who's interested in these types of games. Neither of us really are, so I don't have like a whole lot of it expertise to really throw at you for this. But um, I really enjoyed my time with it, especially after I got a guide and it's and started like helping myself through some of the the game uh, a little bit easier. It's a lot of work. Um, the next thing that I'm going to put on here is I put on here the Callista Protocol. I'm not really going to go into it because I just talked about it. I haven't beaten the game yet, but I'm in the atmosphere in my first four hours or so with it already have just cemented the game as like short of like the game like becoming a buggy mess and breaking. Like I don't see myself hating this game at the end of it. Even if the story is like BS. Because like I said, I mean, the story really doesn't matter all that much. It's more about the yeah. atmosphere and the experience and kind of what you're doing. So the story does help a little bit. Um, but I will say, and I think I said this to Fred before, maybe even on the podcast, if you've never played Dead Space, I... I would probably wait and play the Dead Space remake before you play this game. And I think it's because it will... It will correctly frame for you what the... uh, It's like playing Final Fantasy VII before playing the Final Fantasy VII remake. It's like you should play the original first... So you know, and, and I think that the remake of Dead Space is going to be faithful to the original. So I don't think that you're going to lose a whole lot there. The only thing that they're doing that annoys me is they're voicing Isaac Clarke, which I think is kind of stupid. But because he was unvoiced, they're voicing in the, first, the main character. The, yeah, and he was unvoiced in the original, which I think is kind of weird. Yeah, that's but a weird. whatever. 
Um, but yeah, I will say Clips Protocol, so far so good. I, I, I don't – now if the game like ends and it's four hours long, maybe maybe you don't want to spend 70 bucks on it. But I would say that if you're you're willing to spend you know 50 bucks on a sale for a game that might be 8 to 10 hours, I think it's probably worth your time if you're into horror games because it is very, very much a horror game. Um, next thing I have down here is Nobody Saves the World, which is okay. a game by uh, Drinkbox. And who did Guacamelee? They did Severed on Vita. They did Mutant Blobs Attack on Vita. And they're just, uh, in my opinion, they're like a top tier, quote unquote, indie developer. And this game is just so good. It's like this little Zelda style, isometric, open world game. Uh, like right. action RPG where like your abilities are based on these transformations where you can transform into like different types of characters. So it's, it's really cool. I really like it. Um, the next thing I'm going to bring up is high on life. Again, I'm not going to go into that cause I just talked about it. Uh, that game is, I understand that right now you're not going to be able to play it on PlayStation because it is exclusive on Xbox at the moment. But I believe that it's timed exclusivity, so it should be available on PlayStation probably within the next, I'm guessing, six months to a year. This game's going to be available on PlayStation. Uh, Pentiment, on the other hand, is something that you're not going to be able to play unless you go to PC or PlayStation or, or Xbox because it is from so a that was like the murder Microsoft. It's like a murder mystery, but it takes place in like the 15th century. So it's like, it's like, and all the art is like 15th century, like art. So it's very, very interesting. I really enjoy it. Unfortunately, it was a Microsoft first party in an Obsidian Entertainment. So we're not going to get that on PlayStation unless, you know, hell freezes over. And, but if you have a PC or you have a, you know, a phone or an Xbox or whatever, Give it a shot because I think it is really interesting. I never beat it, but I'm I'm through the first act. I'm like into the second act on the game. I've just been playing it like as I go to bed. And then the last thing on my list here for games that I've played from 2022 that I really enjoyed is uh, Teenage Mutant Turtles Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I mean, it's a new game, but in the vein of the old 90s beat-em-up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games. And it is fucking yeah. lit. It is so good, dude. I, and so I almost yeah, bought this I, game. And let me let me tell you a quick story. It's on sale right now, holiday sale. It's on sale for twenty bucks, nineteen ninety nine. I almost bought it, and uh, I wrote my brother and I go, "Hey, if I buy this game, will you just like jump in with me? Like we can do the share play, and I'll pass you the player two controller." Like, I don't want to play this game single player. I feel like that'll take some of the fun away from it. And he was like, nah, I'm not really interested. And I'm like, fuck this. Like, I'm never going to play this game. Because I want to play with somebody. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I played it by myself, and I really enjoyed it. I mean, I could see those beat-em-ups are fun with another player, for sure. That's kind Dude, of like so their thing. so much more fun. But, um... You know, especially like the old days, I was like, those were big couch co-op games. Streets of Rage is, you know, obviously a, a key title in there that we've talked about Streets uh, of Rage 4 in the past. 
but uh, the best. Yeah, it's 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 so good. I I don't know what I don't know really what to say about it. I just think that if you're in, interested in those side scroller <laughs> beat 'em ups like Streets of Rage and stuff, just fucking play it. It's it's really really good. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna. So have that's to all I have. At least for games play we've it. played. For of the games that we played, uh, I think even though Jake didn't play some of the ones that I played, and even though I didn't play some of the ones that Jake played, I think it's safe to say that uh, if you pick up any of those games, so long as you have an idea of what you're getting into and you're interested in the, the one of those games, it's gonna it's gonna not disappoint. So we'll let it go there. And the next part that I wanted to talk about, Jake, as with every year, every every year. The backlog gets a little bigger, right? The the, the ones that got away. (laughs) Because considering you and I don't play a ton of games, that fucking list of games we just talked about, we've been fucking gaming, dude. Like, you know, we're not not playing, like, every new game that comes out, but we're playing a lot of – those were all 2022 games you and I played. That's not bad Mm. considering. Um, Sometimes I feel like we're doing our listeners a disservice by not playing some of these more current games. And then I see a list like that and I'm like, no, we're doing just fine. We are doing just fine. So this next list though are the 2022 games that got away. That I'd still like to try my hand on, and Jake, I think you might have one or two on here, or maybe you'll agree with some of these. Um, Sifu, number one, that was like the fighting game. Uh, supposed to be kind of innovative with uh, the, I don't know what you want to call it, the uh, kind of like the battle, the fighting mechanics, supposed to be pretty innovative, kind of challenging. But uh, this game looked awesome, and uh, I didn't get a chance to play it. Jake, are you interested in Sifu? I am interested in it, but I am not necessarily interested in the challenge, if that makes any sense. I just I I it's kinda like how I felt about um sleeping dogs, where I I love the idea of these complex like fighting games that are not fighting games. They're they're more like beat 'em ups or or you know action games but i just i i'm too stupid in as i get older to like be able to remember and react and use all the proper button sequences and all this stuff i mean i fucking mm. ham-fisted god of war i mean you can you can sit there and you can play that game methodically and use all the right weapons and link all the combos together and do all the shit but Here's me just fucking mashing buttons and, you know, ramming the same tack over and over again and all this stuff. So uh, I I am I am intrigued by it, but I don't know that I'm ever really going to play it. Yeah. All right. The next one on the list was Ghostwire Tokyo. That game looked awesome. Didn't play it. Yeah, I really do want to play Ghostwire Tokyo. I, I'm kind of holding off on it because I get the feeling that Sony is going to do the same shit that they did with Deathloop and is like right before exclusivity runs out, they're going to put it on PlayStation Plus. So okay. I've been just kind of holding off because I figure eventually it's just going to be on PlayStation Plus and I'll be able to play it. So um, yeah. that's kind yeah. of where I'm at with it. But I do really want to play it for sure. 
Yeah, it looked good. I think this one's going to get away from me. I think that one's going to get away. I think Roller Drome eventually is going to come free to the PlayStation somehow, and that's on my list. Um, also, for, uh, also, I might as well just say it since it's on here. The Ali Ali World was made by the same developer, so those two games came out this year. I think within six months of one another, and they both were really good. Ali Ali World made it on a lot of people's top five games this year, so that's something I want to visit. It looked awesome for sure. I didn't play it, but it looked really good. Yeah. Another game, Final Fantasy Crisis Core. I'd like to I still haven't played Final Fantasy 7 uh Integrade and I <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, I don't know. You keep reminding me of that too. I still haven't played the DLC for it. I really enjoyed the main game, but I need to play that Yuffie DLC before the sequel to the remake comes out. Maybe as early mm-hmm. as the end of next year, possibly the like first half of twenty twenty four. So I really do need to get to that this year sometime. This year, I mean twenty twenty three. Yeah, Crisis, Crisis Core looks good. Integrate came out a while back, but still in the Final Fantasy realm. Um, I had another one on here: Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. Uh, just looks good. Again, I, I I got Cold War and I played that and I really enjoyed it. And I'm just like, man, I. I don't know what it is about Call of Duty campaigns that I enjoy so much. And I think this one had a campaign, did it not? I believe so, yeah. So, yeah, I'd like to play it. I mean, if it goes on sale, the right, right, it catches me at the right moment, maybe I'll get that. Um, the Last of Us Part 1, the remaster of The Last of Us, it got away from me. I, again, I can't justify the money on it. I, I doesn't mean I don't want to play it. I just, if I could play it for free, I would have done it already. Um, I just can't justify it because I've already played the game like six times, um, you know. But anyways, I don't know, Jake. If this goes down in price, would you ever purchase this? Yeah, definitely. I, I think that the Last of Us, the first Last of Us, is. I, uh, I mean, if if you're not if you're not saying like video games, right? If you want to say like the the greatest video game of all time might be something like Tetris, for example. But mm. or Super Mario World or something like that. But if you want to talk about greatest video game experiences of all time, including like the whole gambit of the medium from story to sound to acting to on top of gameplay and all of that. I would yeah. 100% argue that the first Last of Us is top five all time. And so it's hard to say that you wouldn't want to play this. I mean, obviously, I would definitely play this. But I just can't – like you, I can't spend 70 bucks on it. If it comes down in price, for sure, I'll grab it as part of my collection. But I'm and, – and I'll even I, – I even would love to replay the game in that form. But like you, I've played it so many times that I'm not – I'm not going to run out and, and spend this money just to play it again in a, in a shinier package. I think with this game, Ch- Chelsea never saw the whole The Last of Us game. She saw me play bits and pieces of it, and I think she was less interested. She loved the Uncharted games. And I'm thinking, like, after the HBO series comes out, if I can get her to watch it and she's into it, I might be able to talk her into watching me play The Last of Us video game. 
And if I can, that would be the perfect reason to buy this. Yeah. So I don't know. I could justify it for somebody else, but not for myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, our uh, my wife Sarah has really she watched me play through it twice because she watched me play through the Last of Us Part Two. So we played through the first one before we started the second one. Um, she she loved it. I mean, just as much as I loved it. I mean, our our fucking Dalmatian's name is Ellie, so it's. It's a game that is near and dear to my heart more than almost any game on the planet. Uh, but yeah, I mean that – that as much as uh, – I don't care what anybody says about how much it's worth it. For me, that price tag is a little bit hard to swallow. But I am really looking forward yeah. to the HBO show. So it's entirely possible that once the HBO show comes out, I might just be hankering to play it and might end up buying it anyway. We'll have to see. I heard regarding – quick sidebar. I heard regarding the HBO show that they did dial back the violence and uh, the guy – one of the guys who was involved in making that HBO show said that it's hands down – this is just all part of the publicity train. But I said that it's hands down the best video game ever made. <laughs> it is like, wow. It's, it said something like that or the best story in any video game ever made. So I don't know. So I, I think that it's going to be a good – show but let's move on to another one um tactics ogre reborn came out this year uh i like yeah. these kind of games and uh i really wanted to try this and uh it's probably never gonna get played i'm probably never gonna play it i didn't buy it um so i don't know we don't have to talk about it unless you got something to say about that one uh i am with you i really would enjoy playing this game but from my understanding is that there's some kind of tropes about these older RPGs that they didn't improve with the new version of the game like some some stuff about how like inventory management works and stuff so like it's still just as tedious as it was 30 years ago and I I would definitely buy it on a sale because I am interested in this game is essentially the genesis of like tactical strategy RPGs like Final Fantasy Tactics, XCOM, all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that games like this didn't exist before that, but this was the game that like really made it what it was. So I, I am definitely interested in playing because I never did. I've always thought about buying the PSP version, which is uh, – I think it's like Lattice Cling Together or something like that is what it's called, Tactics Ogre. And I I never did play it, so we'll have to see. These games tend to be a little bit too hard for my taste, but mm -hmm. I am always I always do enjoy playing them. Very good, very good. And we already talked about Ollie Ollie World. The next one on my list was Moss Book Two, and I am going to get to this one because I'm going to play it on the VR two when that when that sucker comes out. But this one got away from me this year. Um, but that was very much intentional. Um, because I, I figured that I would have a easier and better way to play it moving into 23. So, Jake, you got to play both those games, one and two, when you get your VR two. That's all. Yeah, I I fully intend on playing boss boss um, playing Moss boss. one and two on my new uh, PSVR two, assuming that nothing better 
kind of no- nothing, you know, Half-Life related gets announced before then. Because if that happens, then that'll be 100% the first thing I play. But if if it's not that, then it might be Moss. Because I really enjoyed my time with the demo of the first Moss on the original PSVR. So I would love to play both of them on VR too. I think it'd be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, next up, you have on here Dying Light 2. Uh, yeah, this game looked awesome. Um, didn't get to it though. Jake? I held off on it because I really enjoyed the first game a lot. Like, I love Dying Light on PS4. But when Dying Light 2 came out, it was kind of broken. And it's been broken for a long time. Apparently, the trophies weren't completely fixed until just recently, like when the, within the last month or two. So, and sp- especially because I've had other stuff to play and things like that, I, I really have not been pulled to uh, been kind of interested in pulling the trigger on this but I definitely want to get to it because by all intents and purposes of its type Dying Light is one of the best games you can play you know if you're talking about first person parkour you're talking about melee combat you're talking about scavenging and 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 crafting and and fighting zombies and stuff like that there's not much better than the first Dying Light. And from what I understand, Dying Light 2 is a little bit more of the same. A little bit bigger, a little bit you know more shit going on. But uh, yeah, I just I, I, I want it to be fixed before I play it. All right, why don't you tell us about the last game that got away from you and me this year? So the last thing I have on the list here is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which is the spin-off Borderlands game. That is, I guess the theme of it is that you're playing D&D with Tiny Tina and you're transported into this fantasy world. So it's like Borderlands, but all of the enemies and the combat and the weapons and all this stuff is, is very fantasy themed. And to me, it's it, it seemed like a very interesting concept and I would like to would like to give it a shot at some point because I've heard it's actually pretty fun. Yeah, I heard it was a good. I heard it was a good game. Also, I uh, just look at that. Lit. I mean, everyone's going nuts about twenty twenty three, and this is very typical to our culture. Is that you know we're always looking. Uh, the grass is always greener elsewhere. But you look at this list of games, including the ones that got away and the ones that we did play. Let me just go through them real quick. Twenty twenty two gave us Stray, God of War, Ragnarok, Call of Duty, Warzone two. A Plague Tale Requiem, Resident Evil Village, and or the DLC, sorry, um, Horizon Forbidden West, The Quarry, Witcher 3 Complete Edition on PS5, Cyberpunk PS5 Edition, Elden Ring, The Callisto Protocol, Nobody Saves the World, High in Life, Pentanet, TMNT, Shredder's Revenge, Sifu, Ghostwire Tokyo, Roller Drome, Crisis Core, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, The Last of Us Part 1 Remake, Tactics Reborn, Oli Oli World, Moss Book 2, Dying Light 2, and Tiny Tina's Wonderlands pretty awesome list of games for 2022 so it definitely wasn't a dud year pretty good pretty good year for playstation and for gamers um but that being said jake what does 2023 hold for us and uh i would be lying if i said i wasn't excited for some of these titles 
So real quick, I made a quick list on here of games and the relative due dates of when they're going to be coming out. And uh, I wanted to go over these real quick just to share my excitement, maybe kind of gush over how cool maybe some of this is going to be or just kind of poke your brain about a few of them and and let the listeners know that uh, this is going to be a nice year for video games. Um, so uh, tuck away that extra rainy day money because you're going to want to spend it on some of these, I'm sure. The first thing and foremost thing um, that I'm really excited for is we're getting PSVR 2 in February and all of those day one launch titles. So I can't wait to try these hand controllers. I can't wait to try the haptic feedback and the thing. I can't wait to hook it into the PS5 and see how it integrates. I can't wait to see like the space thing, like you put the he- the, the headset on and just get your room set up. It's gonna be fucking rad, and uh, I'm really excited for the VR too. I don't know. Yeah, man i I am excited to give it a shot and ju- jump back, have a reason to jump back into VR because as soon as I got my PS5, it was fucking over. I mean, I didn't play it a whole lot on PS4. But as soon as I got my PS5, it was over for PSVR with me. It's like, there's no fucking way. I don't have the dongle. I'm not fucking with all this. And so I'm really excited to see what PSVR 2 has to offer. It seems like it's going to be a pretty big leap forward, to be honest. Yeah, it's going to be all of the leaps forward that we've been needing and wanting. Um, January 27th, first month of 2023, we're getting Dead Space Remake. Boom. It's happening. The game's gold. It's already done. Uh, I believe it's gold. I know it's completed. They said it was completed. Um, and uh, that game's going to be rad. I haven't played the original, and uh, I'm excited to try this. Yeah, I I don't know yet if I'm going to pick it up. It's been a long time. I haven't played the original Dead Space since probably right around when it came out. So it's been a long time since I've played this game. But mm. I... I'd be curious to see what it plays like now because I would I would honestly consider the original Dead Space to be probably the best survival horror game ever made. So it's kind of a tall bar in in hindsight to be able to sort of topple. So I'm curious if I were to go back and play the remake, like does it hold up to what my memories are of it? And so yeah. based on everything else that I've played since then, it's, it's kind of an inter- interesting thought experiment, I guess, a little bit. But uh, I, I am excited for it. I don't know if I'm going to play it right off the bat, though. Yeah, it looks great. Um, I'll, I don't know if it'll be a day one for me just because I don't know what I'll be into, but I'm definitely going to play it. There's no doubt about it. Um, that's January 27th, February 10th. We're getting Hogwarts Legacy 2023. This game has a lot of people really excited. So it looks good. Looks good. Jake? Dude, I'm pumped for this game. And I I don't know why. Like, I'm not even, like, the biggest Hogwarts, Harry Potter sort of fan. But I love the atmosphere of the movies. <gasps> and the the... But my wife is a huge Harry Potter fan. And so I definitely want to get this game and kind of see how it plays. I'm sure even if I buy if I buy it, even if I don't play it, I'm sure or if I don't like it, I'm sure my wife would love to play it. So it's 
It's definitely on my radar for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that was February 10th. February 21st, Atomic Heart comes out. (laughs) They're not pulling any punches here. Like, we're going to get PSVR 2 in February. We're going to get Hogwarts Legacy in February. Atomic Heart in February. And Dead Space the month before. Pretty much in February, January 27th. February is going to be ridiculous. Dude, uh, yeah... Atomic Heart looks uh, awesome. I I don't know how it's going to play out, but it looks so good. So it's just fast-paced <laughs> kind of it, – it just seems like, I don't know, fucking Bioshock meets Doom or something like that. It's it's very, very, mm-hmm. very wild-looking game. So I'm super excited for it, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And then speaking of the VR2, uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain, which is the VR version of Horizon, is coming out February 22nd, the day after Atomic Car comes out, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Yeah, obviously I'm excited for that game because it's going to be a, a big launch title for PSVR2, and, and we're all excited to get our hands on that hardware and have something to play. So it is definitely definitely exciting for sure that that game is coming out. The thing about Call of the Mountain, I, it looks like it's on rails, but I mean the one thing, if you haven't played VR, the one thing about VR games that is really impressive is the enormity and the scale that they can help you realize and conceptualize and I just really want to see a tall neck in VR. I just really because when I, when I played uh, Squadron's or no, sorry. The, the when battle when Battlefront came out, Battlefront Two, there was one Star Wars mission in VR, and it was a Tie Fighter yeah. mission or something. X Wing. It was an X Wing mission, and uh, on the menu for that mission, this this at at or ATAT, whatever the hell you want to call it. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but comes walking out, and just the scale. You're like, holy fucking shit! That's awesome. Like it just changes. It, cool. it just it, you, it fucks your brain, man. Like to be in the world of Horizon and see these fucking mechanical dinosaurs is going to be so rad in itself. I don't really care if it's on rails. I don't want it to be, and I know it's going to be, but I don't even really care. It'll be a really cool experience, man. Yeah, I, I, there's just something that they can't do. You can't do on a TV. Like you're not yeah. close to it. You're viewing it through a window. So like to to have it where it's you're like in real space with the object, even like like there's 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 been tons of games where you've fought enemies that are huge. And you think about Shadow of the Colossus, for an example. Mm. Imagine if Shadow of the Colossus was in fucking VR and you had to like run up to the colossi or colossuses or whatever on the horseback, but you're in VR and they're like fucking towering over you. And then you have to climb them. Like that would be really kind of bananas. And, and it is, like you said, it is a, it is a shift in just perception. It is so strange and you really can't describe it to some, like some, you can't adequately describe it to someone without having them just experience it for themselves. Yeah, it's really bizarre. And the thing about even like even man, my brother was 100% right about VR and I didn't understand it. But he was saying, man, he goes, you got to think bigger than just first person stuff in VR. Like think about like 
third person or platforming games in VR, how cool that would be. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. It defeats the purpose. Like, but he's 100% right, man. Platforming shit, like, even if you were in that world of Shadow of the Colossus and you were playing the game, but you were like an invisible person still there in that world playing it, being able to look around and see it all, that's like what Moss is. And it's just so fucking rad to be this uh, omnipresent entity in a platforming game and just have just the this weird over, I don't want to say overwhelming but this very very realistic um, immersion that like you don't get from those style of games like when did you ever feel immersed in a platformer like it just doesn't fucking happen like the dude in VR it's fucking rad it's like wow I'm like in this weird fucking world I don't know it's like what Astrobot was like yeah, so good. Yeah. Uh, anyways, let's move on to the next one. Um, another game in 2023 coming out. the Two days after Horizon Call of the Mountain comes out on February 24th, Octopath Traveler 2 is dropping. <laughs> it's the first ridiculous. Octopath Traveler, the first Octopath Traveler was really good. And I never ended up finishing it, but... I mean, I put a lot of time into it, and I really, yeah. really enjoyed my time with it. I, I'm curious how they're gonna. I hope they like, they like, tighten the story up a little bit. In in the first game, it was like you had eight characters or whatever, and they all had their own story arcs, and all the other characters just happened to be there while you're doing this story, mm. and it's not like. Like you have to just kind of take some things at face value. Like, like why are they here? I don't know. They're just here, kind of thing. And I'm hoping that they. I don't know if they're going to do the same thing with Octopath Traveler two. And if they do, I hope that they make all of the stories kind of interact a little bit more. If that makes any sense, so that, that there's more of like a, a reason for yeah. everybody to be with that, where they're at. But gameplay wise. Visuals wise, uh, even story wise, I would say for like all the individual arcs and the characters and everything, the first one was amazing. So I am really stoked to play some more Octopath for sure. Yeah, I downloaded that game on the on the iOS to play it on my phone. I never I never really did. It was just like it was just too annoying to have to read all the text and stuff. So I wonder. And it's not the same game too, right? Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, so that comes out on the 24th of February, and literally uh, about a week and a half later, um, we're getting Fatal Frame Mask of the Lunar Eclipse, which I believe is Fatal Frame 2. I don't know. Or the next part of Fatal Frame, which is cool. I don't really have a lot to say about that, but um, cool that that's happening in 23. And then, uh, you know, uh, a week after that, we're getting Star Wars Jedi Survivor on March 17th. <laughs> this game, I'm excited for this game. The The first game is a January PS Plus game. So mm -hmm. uh, Jedi Fallen Order. So definitely go out and just play that because that game's fucking dope. And then this is the sequel. So you'll get to play the first game and then jump right into the second game, which is awesome. It's cool when Sony does stuff like that for sure. Yeah, super awesome. Um, uh, I still need to play the first one. And then, uh, you know, uh, 
seven days after that comes out, we're getting the Resident Evil 4 remake, um, March 24th. <laughs> it's going to be – I don't know what anyone's like – like I don't know – like some of these uh, podcast sites and like review sites – they have to play all these games to get them up for reviews and to talk about them. Like, we don't have to. Like, we're going to try to get what we can. But I cannot imagine PSVR 2 comes out, Dead Space, Hogwarts Legacy, Atomic Heart, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Octopath Traveler 2, Fatal Frame, Mass of the Lunar Eclipse, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Resident Evil 4 Remake, all within, like, a month. First three months of the year. Yeah, that that's... Insane. Resident Evil 4, another game you haven't played on top of Dead Space. Two, literally considered yeah. to be the two best survival horror games ever made. And you haven't played either one. So my advice is you should play fucking both of them. But I will almost – I will probably play Resident Evil 4 Remake for sure because I – and it's kind of, a, kind of a stupid way to say it, probably for sure. But I uh, – I loved the Resident Evil 4, so I'm excited to see what they're doing with the with the remake. Yeah, I'm kind of a latecomer to the survival horror games, but I do enjoy them, so I'm uh I'm all in on these. Um next up, uh you know, about eh, about two and a half weeks after Resident Evil 4 remake comes out, we're getting the DLC for Horizon Forbidden West. Burning Shores will be releasing April 19th. At this point, I don't even know if Horizon Forbidden West even has a shot. Did anyone care about this DLC? Um, I hate to say it, but looking at this list, man, people are going to be so fucking tied up with the with the fucking storm of games that just came out. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious. I, I hope it doesn't happen, but... It's going to be difficult for me to get to uh, Burning Shores. I because it's DLC and there's so many other just dope games coming out around it. Plus, we got to squeeze Mass Effect Three in there. Um, so, I'll be honest with you, and I haven't talked to you about this yet, but I may literally jump into Mass Effect Three after I'm done with Callisto Protocol to try to get it out of the way before all this shit happens. So it's a smart. Move. I know we haven't. I know we haven't done the Mass Effect two spoiler cast yet. But I do. We got to get through it, and maybe we could just do both spoiler casts, bang bang back to back. I don't know, but um, I I just uh, yeah. This this first few months is going to be amazing and I and yeah. challenging, and I I hope that Burning Shores doesn't get thrown to the side, but it, it end up it might not be something I pick up day one. It might be a end of the year kind of purchase, to be honest with you. Yeah, like oh shit, that came out. Let's let's play that now. Yeah. yeah. Um after Horizon Forbidden West, I have Dead Island Two, which is coming out a week after the Burning Shores DLC. Dead Island Two looks rad. It's been in developmental hell for a while, but I bet you it's going to be good. I like the first Dead Island game, man. Yeah, I didn't play the first Dead Island game. I just played Dying Light. I, I It never really drew my interest, so I'm kind of curious about this one, but I, I it's, not, it's not like a definite day one for me right now. Fair enough. And uh, we have Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League on May 26th, which is my birthday. Um, I'm probably not going to play this game, but I know a lot of people are excited for it, so I put it on the list. And then uh, Diablo 4, June 6th, 
Jake? This is a day one purchase for me because I <laughs> fucking love Diablo. All of them. So I am super excited for this game to come out. And it looks like by this time, the releases are becoming a little bit more staggered. We're not going to have as much stuff coming out. Maybe we'll have a little bit of a slowdown into the summer. It'll be perfect for me to sink way too much time into fucking Diablo 4. So I'm yeah. pumped about it. And then uh, now we're getting a little more vague with the release t- windows. So these games are probably subject to getting pushed. But uh, we so far, they are set for a 2023 release. And that's Marvel Spider-Man 2. Quarter three, third quarter of 2023. That game's just going to be fucking bonkers. Um, it's going to be so good. I, I really enjoyed Miles Morales. I love Spider-Man, uh, Marvel Spider-Man 1. What can they do? What can, you know, what, what can they do to make it even better? Like, I, I'm excited to see. This is going to be good. They put out quality games. Yeah, Spider-Man 2 is going to be awesome, I have no doubt. And it, if this game gets pushed, it'll be into Q4. I don't know that it's going to be pushed into next year or 2024. Uh, Insomniac's notoriously good about – they have been, I guess I should say, notoriously good about their releases. So I don't know that I'm worried about it getting pushed. This next one, on the other hand, I could definitely see getting pushed. So Yeah, Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth. They're saying quarter four, so I'm guessing you know that's – that's, that could slide right into 24. But I am excited about it. I Like I said, I loved Final Fantasy Remake, and this is the, the next entry. And I am really stoked to see how they progress. the Because the end of Final Fantasy VII Remake is right at the end of the first Midgard section where uh, Midgard section where you jump out into the open world. And so I'm curious how they're going to tackle the open world portion of the game with the remake. And this should show us for sure. Yeah, we'll get a taste of it. And then uh, with no quarters, uh, first, second, third, or fourth specified, I'm just going to – I'm going to whip through these, Jake, because we're running low on time. And then I'm going to name them all and then you prov- – we'll, we'll talk – we'll go back and revisit them, all right? Because these don't have actual dates. Um, Arc Raiders, Alan Wake 2, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. We talked about that last episode. Assassin's Creed Mirage, the DLC for Cyberpunk 2077 called Phantom Liberty. Ayudin Chronicles. 100 Heroes, which my brother's super jazzed about. Flashback 2 I put on the list because I remember Flashback the PC game is fucking rad. It's very hard, but they have a number 2, which is awesome. The Division Heartland, The Wolf Among Us 2, Persona 3 and 4, um, Destiny, Lightfall, Final Fantasy 16, and Jake has on here for me on Xbox, Starfield. <laughs> so, so Arc Raiders. I, I, well, I was just going to say that Persona 3 and 4 and Destiny and Final Fantasy 16, I believe, all have release dates. I just did not put them on here. So they're all fucking – I think Persona 3 and 4 are like super early in the year. And Destiny is like spring and Final Fantasy is in in June. So just to give you an idea, if you want to know the exact dates, go look them up. I was too lazy to put them on here. Uh, But as far as Arc Raiders goes, that game looks pretty good. 
to be honest with you. It looks cool. Yeah, it looks awesome. It looks like a co-op online game. Maybe that'll be the one big box that gets Jake into it. Um, we got uh, Alan Wake 2. I never played the first Alan Wake. This doesn't really trip my trigger or anything, but I'm surprised if it, you know, if it does. Dude, Alan Wake... Alan Wake is one of those games that I would if you're if you're looking for something different and you want something that's a little spooky, pick up Alan Wake Remastered and play it because I'm actually pretty excited for Alan Wake 2 just to kind of see what they're going to do with a sequel because the first game is kind of weird. So, I mean, all Remedy games are pretty fucking weird. But I uh, yeah, I'm excited for it to be honest with you cuz Alan Wake was an Xbox exclusive until last year, I guess, maybe two years ago. So yeah, it doesn't have like a lot of it doesn't have a lot of foothold in the PlayStation ecosystem. So I'm I'm excited to see what it will do and what they come up with for a sequel for that game. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, Armor Core Six, Fives Rubicon. Uh, this is the old uh, Elden Ring fella. From software, my yeah, but what, the isn't the same. No, it's not different directors. Miyazaki, um, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Um, so that'll be cool. Mech game, Assassin's Creed Mirage. Let's see what they bring to the table. I just have yet to enjoy an Assassin's Creed game outside of Black Flag, although I haven't played a lot of them. Um, I don't really care about it, but it's just another reason for gamers to get excited because I know a lot of people do. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, Phantom Liberty. Is uh, going to be awesome. Uh, I, I have no doubt about it. Well, I do doubt it a little bit, but uh, I, I've got my fingers crossed that it's going to be awesome because they have the PS5 version running great now. So hopefully they've learned their lesson and this comes out and it's just smooth as butter and it, it's awesome. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited about it. it. It's hard for me to jump back into DLC, so we'll see if I'm on this right at the get but cyberpunk was awesome so more cyberpunk is yeah. is nothing that's really going to be a problem for sure and then the Iodin chronicle uh, 100 heroes game looks really good my brother introduced me to this some trailers that shit's going to be rad um if you're into that shit flashback 2 already kind of talked about that that's just a sequel to like a, a an old video game platformer which was kind of cool. Division Heartland, I think it's going to be free to play. I don't know, Jake. Any opinions on Division Heartland? Might might you jump into this? Um, so just a quick note for the listeners. I'm pretty sure the Ayudin Chronicle game is the one that is like the spiritual successor to the like Suikoden franchise. Yes. So if, if you're a gamer that's interested in that old JRPG series, you might definitely be interested in Ayudin Chronicle. Um, as far as the Division Heartland goes, I'm excited about this because I, I really did like the Division, but <laughs> it's not one of those games that I liked enough to really stick with. So the fact that there might be a free-to-play version, if it's if it's got a lot of what the 1 and 2 had to offer, but is just maybe a little bit more free-to-play, if I've got to suffer through some free-to-play tropes, I'm more than happy to give it a go for sure. Yeah, I like it. And then uh, I think Skybound is putting out The Wolf Among Us 2. And uh, that should be good. The first Wolf Among Us was really the, – they did the the Telltale the, – they kind of took over the Telltale properties like the, the Walking Dead um, 
you know, we got the definitive edition of that. And I need to get back into that. And then, you know, they did uh, The Wolf Among Us and they also did uh, – God, what was the other one? They did The Borderlands uh, one, which actually got a sequel recently and it didn't do well. People didn't like it. Um, Tales from the Borderlands is what it was called. But uh, They did Batman. They did Game of Thrones. They did all kinds of shit. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, I I'm excited about – I really liked the first Wolf Among Us series or season so i might be willing to jump back into this i i haven't played a telltale game maybe even since wolf among us one so it'll be wow. interesting to see what they come up with for the second one i mean it's going to be definitely a wait for reviews kind of game for me but mm-hmm. it's one that i'm interested in playing yeah why don't you take us through the last four if you have anything to say about any of those so I don't really have a whole lot to say um, about Persona 3 and 4. I haven't played 3, but Persona 4 Golden is one of the best JRPGs I've ever played. I really like Persona 5. I think that the the combat and the du- dungeon system is better, but I think the story and the atmosphere and the world of Persona 4 is much better than Persona 5. That's just my personal opinion. Mm. Uh, so... If you're one of these people that never played Persona 4 Golden because it was locked on Vita or something like that or on PS2, then now's your chance to play it because it's going to be available on PlayStation and the new PlayStation consoles. I think I think it, they're technically releasing it for PS4, but it's going to be available. Obviously, you can play it on your PS5 if you want to. Um, Destiny Lightfall, this is going to be a major overhaul for Destiny. And like I mentioned before, I'm not a big multiplayer gamer, but I do like Destiny a lot. I especially like playing the little you know campaigns and seasons and story missions and stuff that they have in there. I like the shooting. I like the player progression. I like the skill sets and everything. So I'm excited. I'm always excited to see what they have to come up with in the Destiny universe. And it seems like Lightfall is going to be a pretty big deal. They're going to bring back a lot of the shit that was lost to make it easier for new players to come in to kind of introduce you to the game and without you getting, you know, because right now, if you jump into destiny, you're like, what's all this currency? What, what does all this shit mean? Like, I don't know any of this stuff. It's like jumping directly into a, a fucking 10 year old MMORPG and not understanding anything about the way that the economy works or who gives what missions or how do I do this? How do I get that? How do I progress this stat versus that stat? And it seems like they're going to try and remedy that with Lightfall. And so I'm excited to see what they come up with there. Final Fantasy 16 is uh, something that I'm interested in just because I like the Final Fantasy games and this one looks cool. I'm hoping that they take some of the stuff that they learned from the combat systems in Final Fantasy 7 Remake and they plug it into this game because I really enjoy the combat mm. of Final Fantasy 7 Remake. So... If they do that with this, that'll be interesting. Final Fantasy 16 is returning to the kind of gothic fantasy setting versus like the more steampunk setting that we've seen in a lot of the more recent games. So I'm interested in that. And then I don't really have to talk about it. Starfield is something that I'm just a huge Bethesda Game Studios fan. And because I have an Xbox, I have the ability to play it. So I'm excited about that. You just anyway, that's brag a little bit. It's okay. I accept that. Except that is a truth. Um, yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, so thank you for that, Jake. 
And uh, those are the 2023 shaping up to be awesome. And I'm sure there are games yet to be announced and games that will surprise us. And maybe games that are on this list that are just going to be uh, right now, maybe they're not in the limelight or maybe they're the, the I don't know, the underdog and they're just going to show up and just blow our minds. But hey, that always seems to happen every year with one or two games. So who knows what those might be, but those are the real big ones. Let's move on real quick because we didn't talk about new games coming out on the last episode. Um, so we're starting with December 26th. These, these games hit the PSN recently, and by the time you're listening to this, they're already out. Um, the Tale of Onagoro on PSVR. December 27th, we got a humongous classic collection on PS4. December 28th, we got Hyper Gunsport on PS5 and PS4. And December 29th, we got Asterix and Obelix XXL2. And uh, I remember that title from a long time ago. But that's all there is to the show. And, uh, man, I really hope that the listeners enjoyed this episode. It was a little bit different than what we normally do. Um, it might have sounded a little more unstructured. It may have actually sounded a little disjointed because Discord's been giving us, a, a, I don't know, a, a, some problems um, for sure. There's a little bit of gaps between when I'm talking to Jake and then his voice kicks in. Maybe it is all straightened out on OBS when it's recording. If not... You have our sincerest apologies. I hope you were able to listen to the show. And uh, I don't know. I, I just wanted to wish everybody a good new year, kind of like how I kicked off the show. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. It means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to Jake. Um, we started this thing a long time ago, and uh, it was just two friends that just wanted to talk about video games and try something di- out, something different. And then uh, life kind of happened, and we put it down for a bit, and now we're back. And uh, we've been here a long time, so uh, we're happy that you're finding us, and we're happy that you're sticking around and that you're leaving comments. Um, we wanted to build a community that that we feel comfortable in, and uh, a community where uh, maybe like you don't have to obviously be an older adult like we are, a middle aged dude or something. But I mean, like there's you know the the video games nowadays are just kind of geared towards all kinds of demographics, but. It's just nice to have like a working person's, like a regular person's video game. Like, you know, this isn't our job. This isn't, uh, you know, anything but uh, uh, like I always say in the podcast, a labor of love. Like we love video games. We grew up with them um, and we continue to grow with them. So uh, it's always exciting to see what PlayStation's up to. And uh, we appreciate you guys hopping on for the ride. So please stick with us into 2023. Uh, we're going to have plenty of podcasts Jake, do you guys anything you'd like to say before we sign out? Uh, no. I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays and a, you know, have a new year. Get drunk or don't. Kiss your significant other or don't. It doesn't fucking matter. But I hope you enjoy the extra day that you have off work. <laughs> if you do, you might not, depending on the type of job you have. So all that said, uh, I've got two more days left of vacation before I have to go back to work, and I'm going to try and play some games in that time. I I'm, I am I haven't my wife and I haven't done anything for New Year's for like probably I, fuck I don't know five seven years something like that. We don't we just don't do anything on New Year's, and um, we are going to uh, a local brewery with my in-laws tomorrow to catch a band that uh, my father-in-law knows somebody in the band and we're just going to go get some food and have a couple drinks for New Year's tomorrow. So that'll be interesting. Just something to do, get out of the house and have a good time. I'm pretty excited. Good, man. 
Well, be safe. Watch out for the crazies. I know you guys are really responsible, and our listeners are probably pretty responsible too. Just if you're going out and you're driving around and shit, just uh, be really vigilant and uh, keep an eye on the roads because a lot of people don't play safe, and a lot of people make really bad decisions on New Year's Eve. So make sure you're uh, just being safe, you know. But have fun, you know. I want you to do both. So yeah, thank you guys again. Yeah, so don't much. drink and drive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it goes without saying, but yeah, I mean, other people are going to probably do that. So when you're on the road driving, just uh, do your best to uh, pretend like you're on a motorcycle and be super defensive and aggressive or whatever you have to be to fucking get out of the, find your exits, (laughs) keep your eye on your fucking exit routes. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. And uh, next time we'll talk to you. We'll be well into 2023. Uh, we post these episodes every Monday. And uh, like I said, this is episode 257. We shot a little bonus episode out for you just recently on 256 with the God, God of War Ragnarok episode. So until we talk with you next time, we hope you get some games in. We hope you enjoy uh, your holidays and you get some rest in. And most importantly, you get some family time in. If, if you uh, have any family left, hopefully you do. And, uh, you know, just uh, spend your time wisely. Um, so, like Kayak VR Mirage, Kina, Bridge of Spirits, and Kid Amnesia. P.S. P.S. This, this is, is awesome. awesome.